You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM. It is 11 minutes after 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Ingrid Mtoeni, who is the director and founder of I Am Attorney. So infamous TikTok, uh, TikTok creator Matthew Lani has confessed that the videos of him impersonating a medical doctor and providing medical advice was uh, for entertainment purposes. His lawyer, Bongani Mabunda, said that whilst his criminal charges have been withdrawn against his client after appearing in the Johannesburg Magistrates Court uh, this morning, the charges may be reinstated subject to new developments in the investigations. Lani was arrested at the Helen Joseph um, Hospital on Sunday after trying to enter the healthcare facility to help us understand the questions around um, the liability and misrepresentation. We are now joined by Ingrid Mzweni. Ingrid, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, looking at what the NPA had to say, um, do you get a clear understanding around why these charges against him have been withdrawn? Good afternoon. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, oh, yes. This has been a trending topic for weeks now. Um, and, you know, the reason as to why I would think the NPA withdrew their charges is simply based on the fact of that there's a lack of enough evidence to charge um, Dr. Lani. So, so, but initially, before matters brought before the courts um, and before the NPA says that we're going to enroll this matter, um, they would need to satisfy themselves that um, this is a winnable case, right? Well, yeah, of course. Um, but considering the circumstances under which Dr. Lani was arrested, um, you know, he was at the hospital, but the matter is still under investigation, according to my understanding. Okay, so what message does this send with regards to social media and regulations in criminal liability? Well, you know what? Social media regulations are clear um, in that, you know, content published on that space should not be harmful, um, i.e. you cannot use derogatory terms against members. Um, The content that you post should not defame another person or another organization, um, but that excludes public entities. Um, So the Department of Health, for example, cannot necessarily sue for defamation, but they can, however, sue for um, damages that they suffer as a result of statements made by another person who knew that those statements were false. Um, We can also look at the fact that the regulations are clear that the content posted should should not be private or personal information of another. So when it comes to criminal liability of a person, the court needs to satisfy themselves that the person has met the elements of that crime. So um, if we look at misrepresentation or fraud, um, you know, we'd look at the two together. So fraudulent misrepresentation, um, which is basically knowing um, or basically knowingly making a claim with the intention to lead another and make them agree to a contract or or bind them to an agreement because of that misrepresentation. So essentially, for the Pelani to be guilty of fraudulent mis- misrepresentation, he, um, it has to be proved that these actions um, lead to a harm or a potential harm um, of another person. Would this also um, be the case when we speak, for instance, because his lawyer was saying that um, he didn't administer any um, medication to any patient yes. and no one has yes. come po- forward to claim that. But in him yes. advising so-called patients on what medication to use, does that not amount to criminal liability? Yeah, but, um, you know, his defense, he wasn't necessarily standing in a 
formal space as a doctor. So there are no formal complaints lodged against him. Um, also, if you look at medical negligence, that's when a patient suffers negative consequences as a result of um, a medical practitioner's actions or inaction. Um, so in this in this case, nobody has come forth to lay a complaint um, to say maybe they've suffered any any harm. Um, and even if you look at um, identity theft, nobody has come forth formally to say that um, you know Dr. Lani has stolen their identity and lodged a claim in that. I think there is actually somebody who has come forward to make that claim that he that he has stolen the identity and a case was opened, but we're not too sure um, how far that matter is. We were actually hoping to speak to the NPA. But if that person does exist, um, does it mean that there's a prima facie case against him? Prima facie case, yes. But for now, um, because the, I mean, on your initial question, the NPA was true based on the fact that there's a lack of enough evidence. Mm-hmm. This matter is still under investigation. So for, for today, he has walked out freely because there's not enough evidence. Tomorrow could be another story. Okay, thank you so much for your time. That is Ingrid Mtweni, um, who is a director and founder of I Am Attorneys. Listening into the conversation is Dr. Jose Litlape, who is, who is um, the former HP, HCPCSA president, that is the Health Professions Council of South Africa. Uh, Dr. Jose, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. What do you make of the story of, I don't know, Matthew Lani, let's call him Matthew's Lani, without um, having a... A doctor title to it. Uh, good afternoon to you and good afternoon to the listeners. And I think the, the case of Matthew Lani is bringing up an important gap in legislation in South Africa and in terms of our ability to protect the public. Uh, when you look at the Health Professions Act, advice, medical advice or health advice is seen as the practice of a profession, mm. which should only be undertaken by someone that is registered with a statutory body and that has had formal training. That has been difficult to enforce. Some people don't even understand that. And the challenge comes that our legislative framework is such that as a statutory body, you only have jurisdiction over people registered with you. It is so bad that even if I'm a doctor, for example, and I deregister, voluntarily deregister from the HPCSA, they now no longer have jurisdiction over me. So whatever I do, they may go and lay a criminal charge at a police station, and it has to go to the court. And it now has to be an investigation by the police, and only the police can charge me. And that is the problem. Can you imagine in a country where we have serious crimes? Now the police have to go and charge somebody on TikTok, who's on TikTok giving advice. And there is that gap, and that needs to be bridged. And that gap is so serious that if we took our duty seriously, For example, if you have an MEC of health who's not a registered healthcare professional, Mm. they cannot advise on health matters. But they do all the time. And there's nothing that can be done because they're not registered with any statutory body and they cannot account 
to the board of psychiatry, a uh, board of psychology, a uh, board of optometry, nursing yeah. council, or pharmacy council. They are not a registered healthcare professional. So they, are... fact, they should not be giving health advice because that constitutes practicing a profession. Sure, and that's the challenge that we face. But then, of course, because they are not members, right? Um, and because they are not members, and not because they are not qualified, they can't be members of a, prof- of a of a professional body like the HCPSSA. But then, what about the element around um, impersonating, and as you were saying in your opening remarks as well, giving advice on um, on on medication, as an example. And then the client or the patient goes on to take that medication. Yes, but what you what you now doing that is not a professional service that you are providing. That's you you you, you are a bogus practitioner. That's a criminal offence. That's a matter for the police. You can't even be reported to the HPCSA because that person is not registered with any statutory body. So you can't report to the nursing council, yeah. you can't report to pharmacy council, because that person is not a registered practitioner. In terms of our laws, the statutory bodies only have jurisdiction over registered practitioners. So does this mean that any individual can now just put on their scrubs and a stethoscope and pretend to be a doctor? Uh, well, given uh, the unlawful society that we are, yes, people will do that because we're an irresponsible society. And that, that, that would be a, 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 a potential criminal act. So unless the police have an appetite to prosecute people that impersonate, because identity theft is a crime. It's not a professional act. Yeah. It's a criminal act. And the problem becomes the way things are done. We don't have the capacity in the police. So what we may need to look at is the issue of giving extended powers to the regulatory bodies so that you create a special court and you amend their legislative powers that they have the power and authority to deal with pretenders under a criminal act. In the HPCSA, we tried to look into those aspects by creating an inspectorate's office but that will also only be limited to people registered. For example, when the public comes and says that somebody that's practicing as a doctor, we have no authority to go there if that person is not a registered practitioner. Yeah. So what we do, there's an agreement where the HPCSA would go to the uh, SAPS with the facts, and it's the SAPS that will do the raid. And the HPCSA may accompany them in doing that raid. Dr. Litlapa, thank you so much for your time. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Hoshi Litlapa, who is the former president of the Health Professions Council of South Africa.